Assalamu alaikum. Peace to the God. Peace to the universe. We are back. Um, I'm going to touch the button for IG Live. Let's see if we got anybody in the universe. It's coming on. Um, we had an increase of two listeners. I know I, I gave the um, information to my daughter. She asked me what I was doing up late at night. And I'm like, I do a podcast on uh, thir- Friday and Saturday from three to five somewhere along those lines. And she said, I want to hear it. I said, you sure? <laughs> You're not into this type of stuff, but I'll send you the link. So, um, I don't know if it's her or someone else, but there are two more listeners um, listening into the podcast. And so, we welcome any and everybody including nice white folks. Um, This is about black power thinking, but it involves all of us because it involves the uh, racial... um, That's a good word here. We're not accusing anybody of being racist. The racial dynamics or power play in effect, in history and in current times, and how that affects our thinking, our actions, and our ability to navigate this life as Black people. How about that for an explanation of what this is? Hmm. <clears throat> you mean just in terms of the dialogue that takes that, that takes place? Yes, sir. Okay. Or you can give another one. We're open to it. No, I think that's sufficient. I think that I mean, I, I'm, it's it's a dialogue between uh, two black men, two um, two friends, um, that you know. We kind of um, what Freud said was he, he talked about free association, <laughs> and and free association was was just um, he wanted you to come in and sit on the couch and and just kind of free associate and mm-hmm. just kind of like allow whatever thoughts that were um, that was in your head to, to to come out, but but Freud was into a lot of different things and and. Uh, one of the things that he he was really big on was he, he was really big on dreams, but he was also big on um, bringing the unconscious conscious. Hmm. And 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 so uh, I think in you know our conversation, our dialogue, I don't know. Um, it's it um, it is, but it is not uh, a therapy session. You know, in that I ain't trying to do any diagnosis of any sort. I um, need it, brother. <laughs> <laughs> it is a therapy session. <laughs> you keep me sane. Okay, okay. <laughs> okay. 
So yeah, so I mean, it's it's just open dialogue, and I think I think where we go wrong as black men, and where we where we uh, have gone wrong as black men, and where we have gone wrong in the black community is that we don't have conversation. Hmm. Is is that we have taught that that particularly as black men that we're strong, that we can handle anything, we can handle everything, and I, that's the worst advice ever. Um, and, and white folks historically have been getting help and have been um, uh, uh, talking about their problems and their dilemmas and working their problems and their dilemmas out behind the scenes forever. And we have not. We, we don't talk about slavery. We don't talk about mental, mental health. We don't talk about anything. We don't talk about the problems that happen in our family. We don't talk about the problems that happen with, with us growing up. We don't talk about how dysfunctional we are. And so as a result, we keep it all in. And, and, and what happens when we do that is we create a pathology. Hmm. And that pathology passes on generation, 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 generation. And we wonder why that pathology isn't broke. And we have these histories of generational curses because we are the only group of people that have not sought help our issues hmm. and we're the group of people probably um, that has had the most trauma to any other group of people in this country because no other group of, I mean you could come here and be an immigrant you know, all the rest of that stuff but none of those immigrants have come here and been the 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 um, the the children of slaves and what right. the children of slaves have had to endure. And so, you know, if you if you are our age, Brother Douglas, you and I, and coming from our parent, from their parent, having no history of therapy, coming from slavery, imagine the trauma that, that they passed on to our moms and that our moms pass on to us and mm. that we potentially pass on to our children. Indeed. And that brings us to tonight's subject. Um, this is Black... Um, we just came out of Black History Month in February. We promised not to let it in with just the month. And so we are now in uh, Women's History Month, the month of March, it is 3.43 a.m., brother, in the effing universe. And we are giving a tribute to um, Diane Hawkins. That's uh, Yusef Hawkins' mother. I, I, I failed to mention uh, Brother Moses Stewart. That is the father of Yusef Hawkins. But this is Women's History Month. And I'm putting Diane Hawkins out there today, tonight, in DF and Universe. I'm putting um, Sojourner Truth. I just finished her slave narrative tonight. And it gave me such a motivation um, to try to have a, a, a better attempt at communicating. You know, humans are possible of great thought but we are terrible at communication 
So it's interesting that you just brought that up. Um, the other dedication tonight is to Nicole. Uh, what is her name, brother? I got it right here. Bear with me one second. I want to get her name right. I don't want to mess up her name. Nicole Jones. She is the lady that um, just won a Pulitzer Prize. Black woman won a Pulitzer Prize last year in the New York Times project called the 1619 Project. This has led to a lot of controversy because it is a debate or argument including black people against black people about this being fake history because her premise to her um, request that the United States government um, not only provide reparations but even more importantly that we change the narrative of how this country was built. In the past, it was built on the um, War of Independence in 1776, and that was the basis of um, this great country. And what she suggested in the with her work on the uh, New York Times 1619 project was that America started in 1619 and it wasn't the, the founders intent that black people be included in this narrative. And we didn't get included, um, certainly not in 1776 and perhaps not even in 1866. And that is where the controversy started. But what I want to do before we go in any further is give her accolades for winning a Pulitzer Prize in journalism for this 1619 project with, uh, was put out by the New York Times. But um, as we started this um, podcast, there's going to be scholarly um, debate and probably perhaps even argument, disagreement, based on these historical events and how they apply to us now. And this is Black Power Thinking. Um, any thoughts, opening thoughts? Dr. Moore. <clears throat> um, no, uh, I, I, I only got the opportunity to watch seven minutes um, of, of the video uh, talking about the 1619 project. I, I have heard of it, but I'm not knowledgeable of it, so I can't speak intelligently about it. Right. Um, but um, I definitely uh, want to give accolades uh, to the sister uh, in terms of the 1619 project. Um, and I think that what 
from what I saw, she was talking about um, when the uh, slave trade took place from Africa to America, and when the slaves um, actually started to come in abundance to America uh, in 1619. But there was there was a piece in there where I think I saw where they were talking about black people prior to prior to 1619 that had come to America and they were not slaves. Yes, sir. Um, and and now that whole piece is a, is, is a different um, argument or different discussion because I'm not sure. I, I, I have heard conversations about this and I'm not sure. Um, but those free people that came to America prior to 1619 and that were not slaves, it, it was my understanding that they ultimately became slaves. Mm. Um, and, you know, and so I'm, and I'm, so I'm not sure about how many of those people, uh, the, the number of people that there was that did that, and, and what was the ultimate outcome of them? Um, because I think at, at some point, even if they came to America and they wasn't slaves, uh, by the time the 1600s manifested, even those freed people were ultimately slaves. Um, and I don't know enough history about that part of it um, to be able to speak accurately about it. But, you know, I, I, I do know the story of the well, I know a part of the story of a of, uh, hundred years of slave hmm. um, in, in, in the movie, but I do know in some of my readings about black people that were freed, that were put into slavery hmm. because slavery, because slavery just, just existed in America. Um, so uh, I take my hat off to the sister um, in the 1619 um, uh, project. Yes, sir. Uh, uh, I take Matt off to her for the project um, and definitely want to give accolades to you know any progress that she has made with that. Yes, sir. Um, what I wanted to discuss, and uh, it's not limited to my discussion, <clears throat> um, but um, here's what happened. The 1619 Project came out last year in the New York Times, and uh, it stirred a lot of controversy, and then it was backlash. Um, these uh, professors, and uh, particularly from Princeton University in New Jersey, um, decided to come out with what's called the 1776 at Bicentennial Year and the War of Independence, a 1776 project refuting anything that she and other scholars that helped to put together the 1619 project, um, they tried to refute it in the 1776 project, saying that um, whatever your premise is, there were only 20 slaves that came on the Mayflower in 1619 on Plymouth Rock. Um, so the country, America, was not about nor started for or fought a revolution over 
slavery. So that is the premise of the 1776 project. And based on that premise, they're saying that there's no reparations needed to be owed. Um, there were free black people as early as um, was suggested in your prior conversation, um, prior statement, way before 1619, there were black people that were here that were free. Um, so the controversy comes that um, when we look at it in perspective as history, they are saying that the 1619 project represents fake history and that black people should not be fooled by it or think that they deserve reparations or anything that the founding fathers of this uh, great country did resulted in what's happening today and the failures that we have today. Can you speak on that? Well, I think a part of the problem is <clears throat> with that is I think Malcolm said it best when he says when you don't know your history mm. then you're doomed to repeat it. Mm. Um, one of the things that I always want to try to do with my kids is I always wanted to give them um, history and history lessons. And that's why I made sure in my house that I did not put up one picture of a white Jesus, <laughs> of anything that was, you know, white that was superior at all. You, you know, uh, so I only put up pictures or allowed pictures to be put up of great black people. So Marcus Garvey, the Honorable Elijah Muhammad, Malcolm X, Nelson Mandela, you know, just all those, all those people um, that um, I felt were, were, uh, 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 historical figures that I wanted them to know about, but again, I I feel like when you don't know your history, the worst thing you could do is walk into a room and you don't know who you are, and someone white can define you for you. Hmm. And and better so, than you can define yourself. <laughs> exactly. So so what happens is if you don't know the history of slavery, you know and how black people arrived in this country, hmm. then then you can walk into a room and someone could tell you, oh, slavery really, really wasn't that bad. Hmm. Slavery was, you know, X, Y, and Z. And because you don't know that, then they trivialize the experiences of your ancestors. And now you think the way that they have taught you to think about that history. Hmm. And so I, I think that the, the hypocrisy or the contradiction in this whole 1776 thing is it it speaks volumes to trivializing what the sister is talking about in terms of uh the history of slavery in in, in america from a black perspective and, and so while white folks can try to validate the history from their perspective because you got to think about it man it's almost like you know you you hear you hear this old tale that says that the story of the the hunter mm. and the, the the story of the hunter and the hunted is only told by the successor, right? So 
the 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 story of the hunter and the bear, or the story of the hunter and the lion, is only told by the by the hunter hmm. because the bear and the lion dies, hmm. so their story is never told. So the perspective is only told from the perspective of the, of the hunter, right? Indeed. So and 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 so the hunted never gets to tell their story. And and, and 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 I'll tell you for me, when 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 that was told to me, that that made me fight harder to to um to achieve my goals academically. Mm. Because I felt like, you know what, if I don't achieve in these academic goals that I have set for myself, nobody cares about the the story of the person that tried. They only care about the story of the person that survived. They only care, people only want to hear the story of the person that succeeded. The person that failed, nobody cares about this story because there's more people that failed than people that succeeded. Yes, sir. And, and so for me, I was always like, okay, I want to be on the side of the person that succeeded so I can tell my story. Mm. And so, and 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 hearing hearing what we talk about with the sixteen nineteen and seventeen seventy six, is someone is trying to override the other person's story. Hmm. That's what it boils down to, brother. And we're at the twenty one minute mark in DF and University. It is three fifty eight, almost four a.m., where we could be out partying on a Friday night. We are here having a discussion about black power thinking. Um, one of the uh, thing that the 1776 project is trying to usurp or suggest that 1619 project is a fake history is because the 1776 project is asserting that we as black people are not victims of racism we are not being uh tortured or enslaved today and it is our own fault that our position in america is the way it is and we have black people that are substantiating this very premise that we are our own failures. And before we go to break, brother, I just wanted to read to you something out of the uh, Lincoln debates because during the abolitionist period, coming up to the Civil War in 1870, uh, 1866, when Lincoln had um, freed the slave, that's part of the big argument that the 1776 Project is presenting that you can't negate that Lincoln freed the slaves. So I wanted to read to you this, and then we'll go to break and come back. Okay, I uh, hold, hold fast for one second. Uh, make sure you take those uh, tennis shoes upstairs with you when you go back upstairs. I'm sorry, bro. No problem. My daughter loves no problem. Let me take the tennis shoes back upstairs. <laughs> yes, sir. Let me read this. It says, when Lincoln was assassinated, Vice President Andrew Johnson effectively rescinded Sherman's orders. 
Sherman would be the general, order pardoning white plantation owners and returning them to the land on which 40,000 or so black families had settled. This is a country for white men. And by God, this is Andrew Jackson, Andrew Johnson speaking. He's the one that succeeded um, Lincoln after he was assassinated. This is a country for white men. And by God, as long as I am president, it shall be a government for white men. Johnson declared in 1866, the Freedman's Bureau always meant to be temporary was dismantled in 1872. The Freeman Bureau, if you don't know, is the Black Bureau. More than 60,000 Black people deposited more than $1 million into Freedman's Savings Bank, but its all-white trustee began issuing speculative loans to white investors and corporations, and when it failed in 1874, Many black depositors lost much of their savings. And so I bought up New York City, um, the slave theater, and I bought back up our topic on Black Lives Matter. And where that money is going, where the money for the slave theater went, where did uh, Judge Phillips' slave theater and his properties went $10 million. And what happened in the civil after the civil war this reconstruction everything that was won during the civil war by lincoln's um the decree to keep the union preserve the union was dismantled um starting in 1872 and that reconstruction they allow, all of the federal troops that were guarding those um, southern states that fought in the Civil War, Civil War as the um, Confederate, those troops were removed by Johnson, Andrew Johnson. And that is when all of the violence against those southern states went into full effect and no one was ever prosecuted for it. Not only that, the abolitionists in New York City, in the New York State, there were over 10,000 slaves during this abolitionist period leading up to the Civil War. So it wasn't about ending slavery to me. And that, that is where the, the scholastic argument comes from. But we're going to go to break and come right back. We're going to say depart from our um, IG audience and tell everyone to keep studying. Um, of all research, history is best qualified to reward all research. Honorable Elijah Muhammad and Malcolm X stressed this, that we must study. So we were in study groups here in New York City when we met up. We weren't uh, drinking and smoking. <laughs> we were studying. And uh, that was the point that I wanted to make. Um, any last words before we go to break? 
No, I agree. I think that <clears throat> research is the best qualifier um, in terms of history. Yes, sir. And we'll be right back in DF and Universe. Peace. Peace. Yes, sir. Um, we are back in DF and Universe. Black Power Thinking and um, Black, uh, should, should I dare call it Black Psychology? <laughs> you can. I mean, we're two Black people. <laughs> I don't want to get you in any trouble. Well, back you, you, you back know at the store. Well, you. you you know what's funny about it is uh, in my study group earlier, um, we were having a conversation about um, oh man, there was some terminology I can't remember it right now. Um, but uh, what we what we were talking about, I think we were talking about um, we're all studying for licensure, and so one of the questions, so one of the things that we were talking about was the way that we have to study. And and the way that we have to study is we can't study like black people. Hmm. We have to we have to study like white people. We have to study like the white hmm. people who who wrote the literature during the time that they wrote the literature, right? So if you if you if you're thinking about um, how to pass the exam, you can't think about passing the exam the way that you would think. You have to think about passing the exam the way the white folks wrote the literature during that time. So if if you're going to study Sigmund Freud, if you're gonna start if you're gonna study Adler or Carl Jung or Carl Rogers or Beck or Piaget or Skinner or Pavlo, any of these people, all this or uh, uh, vocational uh it's 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 just a lot. I I can't even uh, do your disservice trying to name all <laughs> these people. Um but you know, this is what we do, you know. And this is why we have advanced degrees, you know, and being able to talk about these things because we we literally study this stuff like, um, like like we obsess about it. We we have to. I mean, the, the test is so intense that like it, it it like literally takes over your life. So um, there's so much studying that goes into it. And, and learning all these theories and all the, the way these people thought. But um, so when you say black power thinking, um, much of my black power thinking, and, 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 and we joke tonight um, in, in the study group saying <laughs> that, uh, you know, so much of our thinking is not our thinking because mm. we, we're, we're studying to think like white, old white men. Mm. So it's not even our thinking. It's actually their thinking. Because it's like, the test is going to say, what would Freud say? Hmm. What would Kohlberg say? What would Levison say? You know, what would Piaget say? You know what I'm saying? So it's what this this person would say. What would Eric Erickson say? What would uh, Maslow say? You know, and, and so you're working from all these theories of all these different people, hmm. you know, from a psychological perspective. So yeah, so black power thinking 
with with uh, a spin of a white folks. Indeed. And um, if we understand stolen legacy, it was our knowledge to begin with. <laughs> yeah, absolutely, absolutely. I I, I agree. <laughs> I agree, but but the the problem with it is, um, what's funny about black folks and stolen legacy is that black folks have have not ever, e- even in us being brought from Africa to America, the only reason why we embrace white folks coming coming to Africa is because we, e- even the Egyptians, we did not believe that you could own knowledge. We believed that knowledge in the earth belong to everybody. Hmm. White folks were the only people that believed that they could own right. You know, that they could own land, that they could own knowledge. And so when they when, when in stolen legacies, when 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 they went to Egypt, the founding fathers of, of, of math and science, hmm. they they didn't authorize anything. They didn't say that, you know, I authorize this, I authorize that. Hmm. And so what happened with 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 Aristotle, Socrates? Well, let me let me think. Let me put this in order. Aristotle came after Plato, so and Plato was a student of Socrates. So so Socrates came first, and then Plato came after, and then Aristotle came after. So so um, so with that lineage, all of them going over to Africa and Egypt, you know. And extorting all that information, they were able to bring all the information back to America, and say they were the founding fathers of math and science and hmm. history and all the other stuff. But we, as Black folks, historically never felt like you you were the that you could own those things. That those things were things that that was for everybody, and that's the way we felt about land. But white folks came along and said, "Oh no." We're going to take this and we're going to own this. And America is the prime example of that because there's nothing more powerful in America than land ownership. Hmm. And that's what they did. They came to America and they just took advantage and and, and raped and pilgrimage like they did uh, in Stolen Legacy. And this is what the 1776 project is inferring that we should um, take as fact that somehow the gap in America the the um, divide is not racial it's um, what would they say it is there's certain people that are going to succeed and certain people that are not going to succeed. In a way, they, they may have a point, but it's not historically accurate to me. I'd like to bring up um, Elmore Bowling, an um, Alabama, Alabama native that was um, a war veteran for the United States, 1945. And he came back to this country only to be shot up by a group of white men, similar to what happened to Yusuf Hawkins and Bensonhurst over 
50 years later. And he was shot up because he was such a successful black man that he owned his own property. And um, he was doing good during the, um, the 1940s. And part of the, the fact that he was killed and no one was ever prosecuted, the gunmen were white men and never wore a mask, no one was ever prosecuted, is because the white men felt, according to Reconstruction and the Gilded Age, that they, in the southern states, that they had the right to reclaim any property given to black men that they thought came from the Civil War, and no one was ever prosecuted for it. Today, the Bollinger family, the Bolling family, are in poverty, and um, they suffer from the same things that a lot of black people suffer from. The majority of black people suffer from. Um, that was just a point to make, but you can do your own history study. Elmore Bolling. Look up his history, and um, you can decide for yourself out in the audience of the effing universe what you think about the 1619 Project, what you think about the 1776 Project, and what you think about racism in general. To continue the, the, the conversation and put it out there that... Um, the balance between what we think about um, this great country and how it was started is a conflict even to this very day. Your thoughts, brother? <clears throat> um, I don't know. I, I, um, I was watching this 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 show and prior to me coming on to the podcast mm-hmm. that I think that speaks volumes to what you're talking about in terms of um, the 1619 or the seventh, uh, 1776 um, issue. I was watching this, this show called um, Driving While Black. Hmm. And what was interesting about Driving While Black was something that I think we kind of gloss over. Hmm. And the reason why I say I think we kind of gloss over it is because from the time that the vehicle was created was the time that we have experienced racial profiling as Black people (laughs) driving while Black. (laughs) So we're talking about going back... um, as late as the Ford era, which is right after um, uh, Reconstruction, the early 1900s. And Black people began to migrate north um, for those jobs in, in, in that motor vehicle industry. But Black folks have been harassed driving while Black um, 
since the early 1900s, since right after Reconstruction, right? And so it's not a new phenomenon while we think it is. Hmm. This is something that has gone on with Black folks since, since driving became a thing in, in this country. Black folks have been profiled and racially profiled driving while Black since the beginning of vehicles. Hmm. Because you got to think about it is that vehicles initially were not intended for black folks to drive. And so when black folks started driving vehicles, they were racially profiled since the beginning of time. And they still, and, and so we're in, we're talking about from the early 1900s to, th- to 2021, and black folks are still being racially profiled. They, it, they were so racially profiled from the early 1900s to right now that there were there was this book called a green book that needed to be created because black folks needed to know where they could stop and where they could not stop where they could eat and where they could not eat you know in terms of traveling north or south and and what cities they needed to be in or not be in when they were traveling when they were driving a car there were hotels, there were restaurants that they could not stop, that they could not eat, that they could not lay their head, they could not rest. Even if they had family, small kids, that they knew that driving north or south, that they needed to be out of that town or out of that city before the lights went out. Hmm. This is this is a historical thing that has taken place. So when you, um, it's taken place historically. So when you talk about the 1619 or the 1776, um, all that comes into play. Mm. These these experiences that we've experienced since the beginning of time, right? And and the wealth gap that we um, that brings light to this historical perspective is what is in question today. It it's not the history that is in question. But the wealth gap and the 1776 people are saying, this is your own fault, niggas. You somehow, in spite of all of our things uh, to end racism and help you, you are still falling way behind. But it doesn't bring up the fact that even after the Civil War, this Reconstruction period was filled with crime, corruption, and violence. This is the the very catalyst to what happened in Oklahoma with the black millionaires, almost um, 38 blocks in Oklahoma were destroyed, black families were killed in Black Wall Street, and this is supposedly ignored that this was an isolated incident. This was happening all over the South. And that is the difference between what people are saying with the 1619 Project controversy versus the 1776 controversy. 
they wish for us to to forget that history may have started way before there was even a revolutionary war and the basis of that is that they say that England could not have fought us for a revolution when slavery didn't end in England until 1838 and this was 1776 but they they are mistaken on not the purpose of the war but the premise that somehow this equates to our lack of um, success collectively as a whole on mass today. Yeah, but it, <clears throat> yeah, but it doesn't make sense. It doesn't make sense, and it, and it doesn't. It's not. I, I don't even know if it's worth even entertaining Indeed. in terms of the argument. And that's why because... I wanted to talk about the psychological aspect of that, and why we as black people will confront each other. They got the whole panel that they got on all of these um, controversies are all black scholars arguing with each other over this. Yeah, but it doesn't matter if it's black scholars or white scholars. White scholars have argued with one another uh, since the beginning of time. So I don't think it's a thing of black scholars arguing. You know, I think that scholars, period. I mean, if you look at if you look at Sigmund Freud, Mm-hmm. Right. And then what we have with the Neo Freudians, the Neo Freudians are all the people that came after mm-hmm. Freud. Right. And and they argued against Freud. So you had Adler, who was the first person who was a student of Freud, said, oh, well, I disagree with, with, with him with this. And then you had Carl Jung that came along and said, oh, yeah, I studied under Freud, but I disagree with him under this. Mm-hmm. And so you know, I'm I'm going to create this this theory. This is what I believe. Hmm. So Adler had in, uh, individual psychology, while while Freud had psychoanal psychoanalytic, and then you had Jung that came along and created like archetypes, um, and talked about he he just built off of what Freud was already there, what Freud had already created, and then you had Eric Erickson that came along and said. Oh, you know, um, Freud had the id, the ego, and the super ego, you know. But you know, he came along and 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 did something different, you know. And then you had Eric Byrne who came along with transactional um, uh, theory that did something, you know, even more different, and and wanted to make what Freud did with the ego. Um, with the id, the ego, and the super ego, and then he created something where he called the 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 the, the child, the adult, and the parent, mm. which really mimicked what Freud was doing. So, so I mean, so that the whole thing about black and white in terms of um, why we disagree, I think that that that's across the board. Um, doesn't matter how intelligent you are. I think I think you you know um, I, I think that's what happens psychologically. Indeed. You know, 
you know, that 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 we just build on for one another. Right. And 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 we just add on. There's there's nothing new under and the sun. And we're gonna have conflict. Right. So there's there's nothing new under the sun. We're just going to disagree. And the reality is you don't have an authentic thought. Your thought comes from something that's already there hmm. and you just build on to it. Indeed. I always bring up the fact that um, black people fought on both sides of the Civil War. It took me over 40 years before I even knew that to be true. I didn't even know. I didn't even know about the Civil War. Much less the um, only thing that that, um, prompted me to find out was that true was the movie Glory. Wasn't that the one of Spike Lee's movie? Was it Spike Lee? Mm-hmm. Yep. And with Denzel, with Denzel Washington, and um, uh, Denzel was in that movie, and Morgan Freeman. Hmm. And you know what I wondered? Like, how could we, as black people, fight on both sides of the Civil War? Wouldn't we want to end slavery? But it's more complicated than that. And I think that this—that's where this conflict comes up. And we as black power thinkers can't let the conflict or the controversy divide us. We're going to have disagreements. We're going to have problems. But there's a common theme in all of this. Whether people want to accept the history or not, it is that we have to have an independent I don't know exactly what we need to have, but I know that we can't let people manipulate us because we're going to disagree. Yeah, well, well, yes, we can. We can have people manipulate us, and we will. Hmm. You you have to decide what side of the fence you want to be on. Hmm. Um, you know, it's as simple as being a Christian or being a Muslim. Or being a free thinker, or being a woke person. Hmm. I mean, you got four or five ideologies right there. And I think you know, that was important about us meeting up again over what it had to be like ten years late. <laughs> no, maybe not ten, maybe maybe like seven or five, five years later. Mm-hmm. We met up again and we were on different sides of an issue. But we came together and had a meeting of the minds that lasted into this friendship that we have today. Mm-hmm. And on that note, brother, we are at the 22-minute mark, 23-minute mark in DF and Universe. It is 4.34 a.m. Um, would you like to come back for a bonus round? Dang, bro, I thought this was a bonus round. No. <laughs> We can end it early because we got tomorrow to go. <laughs> oh wow! Uh, what time is it? Four thirty-four. Mm-hmm. Uh, we can come back tomorrow. Uh, well, yeah, it's up to you. Um, yeah, yeah. So yeah, I'll, I'll come back tomorrow. Right. Um, and uh, we, I don't, I don't want the sun to catch me coming indeed. up. Indeed, and not again. Not like last week. And uh, right. we implore all of our audience members no matter what race you make up you are to study and come to your own conclusions 
Um, this this guy that I used to live with, Tom, he told me you got to read War and Peace and then get involved. I didn't know what it meant, but according to what I learned later on, War and Peace was this great novel about conflict. And it's uh, it's over like three thousand pages long. It's like like a thicker in the Bible. War and Peace. Well, there, 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 there's a shorter book that you probably could read. It's called The Prince by Machiavelli. Indeed, indeed, it's very short. Yeah, and I don't think most people understand um, what's in it. They, yeah. they they extracted something that gave you the premise of what it is, but um. It's about control mm-hmm. and how to effectively control people. And that's why I implore everybody to study. So so when we come back tomorrow, um, yes, one sir. of the things that we can discuss is um, we can discuss this, uh, the, Asian, the Asian shooting that took place. I Atlanta. wanted to discuss that. And uh, we definitely going to do that tomorrow because... That was so sad, and uh, we need to discuss racial discrimination, uh, non-black racial discrimination. Yeah. Right, and we can discuss Dr. Francis Chris, Chris Wellesley. Color theory. Uh, uh, being um, suggested as a black supremacist. Hmm. Um What's another thing that I, I looked at? Uh, you know, I, I know you you spoke a lot about um, Black Lives Matter. Mm-hmm. You know, and there's 90 million, and I don't really want to get too much into that. Mm-hmm. But um, uh, if, if uh, because I, I'm a supporter of Black Lives Matter, right? Um, what I am not a supporter of is Dr. Umar Johnson, hmm. and I don't know um, if he has ninety million dollars <laughs> or or more. And I wonder if I had the question, and I won't, you know, because again, you know, I don't know what the brother is doing. I don't know what he he got more know. money, brother, and he spent it on somebody said they sp- he spent it on haunt, haunted houses. But we'll get yeah. more into this racial hustling. And what's going on with that? Yeah. So, but again, I don't want to spend a lot of time on that because, <laughs> uh, you know, you know, I, you know, had my issues about it, and <laughs> you know, and not, uh, I, I, again, I don't want to condemn the brother. Right. I just hope that he's doing what he's supposed to be doing. Hmm. Um, you know, I can't, I can't speak intelligently at all about him. I can talk uh, about the Black Lives Movement mm-hmm. to a certain degree in terms of the happiness that I, I have seen here in my city, mm-hmm. in terms of Washington, D.C., um, Maryland, Virginia area. Um, I, I can see things that have, that have happened as a result of Black Lives Matter. Mm-hmm. Uh, I can't speak at all about Dr. Umar and what he's done. And I don't know if it's just in the Philadelphia area or, or whatever, mm-hmm. but I, I'm just hoping that he ain't still in Black Boy. Indeed, brother. And on that note, um, we're going to end this church tonight very early. (laughs) Indeed. (laughs)
And we'll be back tomorrow night when we plan to take over the world. Indeed. <laughs> Peace to the universe. Peace to the God.